Good morning. This is Donna Tyson thanking you for joining us this Tuesday morning on Rivers of Faith, produced and broadcast by Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. I appreciate so much you joining us every Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock as we try to bring you shows that will encourage you and lift your heart. For the next two weeks, we're going to be tackling a pretty tough topic. We're going to be talking about faith and abortion. And because there was such strong outcry on stands on this, um, I really decided to break this program into two separate programs. And today, my guest is Mela Lucero, who is a Christian and a strong believer in pro-choice. Mela will be joining me today. And next week, I will have Bethany Christian Services, who are strong pro-life advocates. And so we're going to have two weeks of this. I want to encourage all of you to please Join us on our chat line. Um, you can go to the www.hearwomentalk.com and join us on chat. Or you can call in at any point during the show and join us. Let us know your thoughts. The call-in line is open at 646 652 2071 and we appreciate you joining us and sharing those thoughts again this morning my guest is Mayla Lucero Mayla thank you for joining me thank you for having me Donna Ah, it's my privilege. Mela, you are a self-professed Christian, a very strong believer in pro-choice. You operated the New Woman Healthcare in Birmingham, Alabama with your husband, Dr. Bruce Lucero, from 1992 to 1997. For my listeners, you may recognize the name of that clinic from the headlines as the abortion clinic that Eric Rudolph bombed in 1997 after bombing the Olympics and an Atlanta abortion clinic and a gay nightclub, he showed up there in Birmingham and bombed this very abortion clinic. And Mayla, I can only imagine um, those times of great stress that you lived through during that time. Absolutely. Um, actually, we had sold the clinic several months prior to the bombing, so we had already moved out of state. However, everyone that worked there and the, the two people that were injured were very, very close to us. One was killed, actually. It was an off-duty police officer that escorted our nurse in every morning for her security and safety. And uh, he, Eric Randolph Rudolph had put a bomb inside of a potted plant that had been tipped over and the uh, police officer had gone over to set it up right. And, he was across the street with a uh, detonator and detonated the bomb. He was killed, and our nurse has, to my knowledge, gone through at least over 100 surgeries. She lost both of her eyes and had quite a few other medical problems that occurred, um, totally ripped off the whole front of the building. So, yes, it was a very, very upsetting time. Absolutely. Now, New Woman Healthcare was an abortion clinic as well as an adoption agency, which is an interesting mix for me. Um, tell me what made you want to combine those two services. Well, we truly believe that women had many choices um, and that they all needed to be um, approached and counseled on and have the ability to have high-quality services for both items. So we surrounded ourselves with the greatest people that we could uh, employ 
And actually, as far as the adoption agency, we had a hard time keeping adoptive parents on a waiting list because so many of the adoptions actually went through and um, had, had quite a great success with that. Well, that's great. Um, when we talk about an abortion clinic, for many of us, Mela, I've never been inside of an abortion clinic. I've only seen the movies, which, you know, probably don't portray that accurately at all. Tell me what a standard abortion clinic, how it would be set up, and how I would meet with you if I was considering an abortion. Okay. Well, I'm sure that a lot of, uh, prior to when I became involved in the early 90s, um, I can't speak on those facilities, but I know uh, after, at least in the 90s, state regulations had become quite severe um, due to the outcry from the, the pro-life um, group. So a lot of different standards had been placed. Um, as far as our office, we had it very nicely decorated. Um, we wanted to make sure that women felt comfortable and safe and secure. Obviously, there were security systems. The patients had to be buzzed in. Due to the protesters that uh, were outside, many of them had tried to come in, and they would set off stink bombs or, um, you know, just basically harass patients and so on. So it, it, there was a tight security situation. Okay. We always had a security guard so that, again, they could feel safe coming in. But basically, they would arrive in the morning, um, they'd fill out their paperwork, and then several tests would be done, or pregnancy tests would be redone. Um, there would be an RH negative test, there would be an ultrasound, and then there would be a time of counseling uh, with one of the counselors on staff. And then um, there would be the actual uh, procedure done, and then a recovery period. Okay. Um, then there would be a follow-up that usually occurred three weeks later. And during that time, it was always discussed about what form of birth control they were going to pursue so that we did not want to see that patient again. We never wanted a repeat patient. Okay. Now, when you talk about counseling, was there an age limit in who can come and, and have an abortion? Yes. Um, anyone that was a minor had to be... Uh, there with a parent or either uh, a guardian ad litem if they did not feel that they could go to their parents or if it was an abuse situation like a, a stepfather or something had raped the child. Um, they could actually go to the court and the courts would assign them a guardian ad litem and then they could uh, come in with the appropriate person and paperwork and we could see them at that situation. But um, the youngest patient we ever had was 12. Oh, my goodness. I can't imagine it, it, making that kind of decision at 12 years old. Right, and it was a, a rape situation. Okay. Now, Mela, as someone who actually ran the clinic, what is your opinion on parents being notified of pregnancies of teenagers? Well, I, I truly believe <laughs> I have a very wonderful relationship with my parents, and I, I would like to think that... Um, everyone else did too but I know better and I understand there are circumstances where children do not feel that it they could talk with their parents that there would be serious consequences um, some could end up having being beat um, which may have already been going on in the family anyway um, they could be kicked out of their home they could lose what little security they had so I understood that 
Um, but I was talking with several women on both sides of the street. We tried to keep a, a strong communication line going with not only the pro-choice community, but also the pro-life community. Our, our options and choices were that we really wanted to prevent having these patients show up, you know, in their uh, emotional situation that they were. But it was ironic to me that both sides, their parents, would um, say it's not going to happen to my child. One, the pro-choice side would say if it did happen, they would come to me, we discuss it, we take care of it. And the reason I don't think it's going to happen is that we've already talked about birth control and that type of thing. They're fully knowledgeable. And mm-hmm. on the other side, um, the pro-life community mothers would say, it's not going to happen to my child because we have discussed thoroughly the importance of abstinence and waiting till one is married, and they have a strong faith and a background that uh, they know God will get them through that situation. And, in fact, we saw daughters from both sides that when I asked them, you know, did you talk with your parents about this? Both sides would say, no, I did not, because I did not want to disappoint my parents. So it's truly, it was an ironic thing to me. Yeah, and the irony is that they're worried about disappointing their parents with no concept of what kind of emotional issues they're going to go through, you know, later in life even after that choice. Um, I want to talk to you further about counseling because I know that that you take a lot of pride in the fact that, that you tried to prepare every person who came in and to make sure that they knew what they were doing. Um, Talk to me about the counseling, Mayla. Of course people are going to be emotional. You know, if they they are in a pregnancy situation that they do not want to be in, obviously, or they wouldn't be there to see you, how do you know when it's not safe to move forward with this abortion with this person? Right. Well, let me say first off, I never had a patient in my office that ever wanted to be there. There was never one that just said, you know, I really need to just add this to my list of life experiences. So that being said, um, knowing that they did not want to be there making that decision um, was always the situation. Now, what I would look for, first of all, in the counseling situation, it was multifaceted. We had to go through medical counseling, things of what they can expect physically, how they should take care of themselves over the next several weeks and so on. But also, one, we did not want a patient that was there under uh, duress, one that was being forced to be there or they felt they had no other options, <coughs> excuse me, um, whether it was because they just were overwhelmed or they didn't realize that other options existed. Sure. So we wanted to make sure we had a well-informed patient. Okay. And well, Mayla, I want to come back and get some more information on that. We're going to have to take a short okay. break. We'll be right back talking with Mayla Lucero about her adoption cl- clinic and her abortion clinic in Birmingham, Alabama. Hi, 
this is Jessica Dorvaj, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Have you been scammed on Facebook? Do you know someone who has? Well, it's rampant. And Thursday on Vicki Child's show, P.I. Answers, Vicki, together with a computer forensics expert, exposes a band of thugs who have been masquerading as a U.S. general and scamming women around the world out of thousands of dollars. You'll hear from real victims in Asia, Europe, and the U.S., don't miss this special event when Vicki blows the whistle on the latest Internet trickery. That's Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. Are you hungry and looking for something delicious and healthy, convenient, quick, and value-packed? Check out our favorite, Jimmy Sabachi. Everything is sizzling and cooked precisely to order, and they use only the freshest ingredients, including sterling silver premium meats. Try their $5 daily lunch chicken plate with fried rice and veggies, or check out their Korean beef lunch plate with sesame and soy and just a slight touch of sweetness. Mmm. For dinner, try their mouth-watering salmon, mahi-mahi, scallops, or tender, juicy filet mignon. You can dine in or take out, and they even have a drive-up window. Jimmy's Hibachi delivers, too. Open seven days a week from 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m., conveniently located in Myrtle Beach on the corner of Kings Highway and 62nd Avenue North. Call ahead with your order at 839-8008 and download their discount coupon on the hearwomentalk.com website. Scrumptious, fast, healthy, satisfying, and reasonably priced. You'll love Jimmy's Hibachi, 839-8008. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent. And uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Welcome back. This is Donna Tyson, your host for Rivers of Faith, produced by Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. Today, we're talking with a Christian woman, Mela Lucero, who is a very strong believer in pro-choice. I am very aware of the controversy on this topic. We have uh, decided to focus the show today on women with pro-choice beliefs. Next week, we'll come back on and talk with women with pro-life beliefs. It's been interesting watching our chat line. D, uh, DC put that she had a bumper sticker that made many people mad that read, How can you trust me with a child if you can't trust me with a choice? It's an interesting comment, DC, and I appreciate you posting that. Mayla, what do you think about that? Well, I, I think that's the foundation of our whole practice was that we believe that women do have the ability to make decisions about their lives, their bodies, their families. Um, they are not incapable of going out and seeking information. Um, they have the ability to pray. <laughs> they can have chats with God and their doctor and come up with an informed decision and can feel, uh, obviously, again, having said no one wanted to be there, but they can understand that at the place where they are in their life at that time, that they can make an informed decision that would be best for them and their future and possibly the rest of their family. 
Well, Mayla, we're going to open the phone lines up for callers to call in if you agree with this pro-choice stance. If you disagree and have a different opinion, I would ask you to call in at 646-652-2071. We would love to hear from you and your comments on this. Mayla, you were talking about that every person who comes in goes through some form of counseling. I just want to cut through the chase here now, and for the people who are pro-life who truly feel that this is murder, that this is the taking of a life, um, how do you respond to that, and how do you counsel the person who is struggling with that, that, that struggle in their heart? Is this murder? Right. Well, that's going to have to be done, of course, in each individual. I can give you the medical basis that um, there is a point in which a a fetus can sustain on its own. Tell me those facts. Well, up until that time, and I'm sorry, Donna, it's been several years, so I'm going to be very uh, cautious on those exact dates. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's in the the 20-week phase that a a child possibly could be delivered and, and still be alive. Um, but they're very rare. But obviously with uh, the improvement of our technology and the medical care that we have, a lot of children can be kept alive even though they would have no quality of life, even though they could be born. It's still they're going to be on machines or, or something to that effect for the rest of their life. Okay. But in our office, I can just tell you that we only went up to 16 weeks. and. The majority of our patients were between 8 and 10 weeks, and that's a big majority. I would say 95%. Those that waited later, the majority of those were only because they could not get the funds together for the procedure, and it took them an extra amount of time. Occasionally, it would be one that um, wanted to think about it longer, and we strongly encouraged that. There was nothing about having to do it right now, um, and that's part of what we did in our counseling session as well. Namela, you talk about getting the funds together. I have no concept of what it would cost to get an abortion. What was it in the 90s? Well, we had three separate cost range. Uh, one was with no sedation. That was 250 And then uh, with conscious sedation, uh, which was versed in fentanyl, it lasted about mm, 7 to 10 minutes. And uh, it basically kept the patient, they were conscious, but they had no recollection of the procedure. And then the third one, we had a a private appointment where patients could come in and they would see no one but the doctor and the staff. So they didn't have to wait in a a private, or in a waiting room. They had their own private waiting room. And what was the cost? The 250 was for no sedation. What was it if you wanted to just block out seven minutes of your life? Uh, that was 325, I believe. Okay. And the private? It was, it was 425. Okay. So for under $500, these individuals could come in. And was it a cash only, or did the insurance pay it? or? No, insurance does not cover, or it did not at that okay. time. There may be circumstances medically now that if, if the mother's life was at risk, you know, that insurance might get involved. But in our situation, no, it was. It was cash. Okay. Amela, you talk about the procedure and that there's a sedation free in it. I told you I've never been in an abortion clinic. I'm I'm not familiar with, you know, what goes on in it. I have Mm -hmm. seen videos that show 
babies being sucked down a tube and and breaking into pieces and um and is that a valid um, is that valid of what happens with an abortion? Explain to me what an abortion procedure is. Okay, basically um, it is a vacuette that is used to suction out the tissue inside of the uterus. Now at 8 to 10 weeks you're talking about something smaller than the size of a, a nickel or about the size of a nickel. A lot of the videos that are put out are um, your late-term abortions and I can understand how that's helpful for their cause because that can be quite graphic and um, it, it is a serious operation at that point. It was very um, emotional to watch that video. I can imagine. And I've, I've seen some of the clips that you probably have seen as well. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the doctors that was most recently murdered, he was one of the only late-term abortion providers um, that was left in the United States, um, and I'm not sure why that was. Ever. <laughs> I can tell you, many times I've said that uh, our government may never make abortion illegal, but there's not going to be any doctors available to provide them because of the fact that they're killing doctors and what our lives had become in order just to provide the services for women. And again, that's why we felt so strongly about taking very good, high-quality care of women and making sure that they didn't have to suffer unnecessarily and that they didn't have to be bombarded with shame and guilt. So if I'm awake and I'm having an abortion, can I see that the... No. Okay. No, you so it's not a clear tube that you can flat. see. No. Okay. Not at all. And the cramping would be something compared to a, a severe menstrual cramp. Okay. Now, when you had the clinic, the morning after pill was legalized, and you said that that had its own issues. Talk to me about the morning after pill. The morning after pill was a massive dose of birth control pills, basically, that should be taken directly after finding out you had had unprotected sex or if a condom had broken or, or something to that effect or a date rape situation. Um and it was available by prescription only, so the patient had to see a doctor. And believe it or not, there were doctors that were not wanting to prescribe it, and then there were pharmacies that, um, when the prescription was brought to the pharmacy, chose to be conscientious objectors. So the patient still had a hard time um, with something where they didn't actually end up with an implantation. Okay, and, and I'm I'm fascinated that you know abortion clinics are in our communities, and yet there are there's a morning after pill, and you said that pharmacists refused to fill it, that they were conscientious objectors on that, mm-hmm. and that they mm-hmm. wouldn't fill those um, prescriptions. Correct. I I never had a personal situation, but patients did come in and let us know this, and it did make news headlines um, at that time. I have to tell you that all you have to do is step into a group of women and say the word abortion, and it polarizes that group. There are going to be people who speak out very openly against abortion and the value and the beauty of a God-given life, and there are going to be people who speak out 
very strongly on behalf of pro-choice. I went on Facebook this morning at 5 o'clock and posted just a prayer to my friends, asking them for wisdom and discernment as I prepared for this show today. And um, I had a lady, a friend uh, in another state, who wrote back, Remember, it's pro-choice, not pro-abortion. Isn't that the real issue? And that was what she put on my Facebook um, on that. That's exactly how I feel. I'm I'm very pro-family. I have four children of my own. Um, but I would not want to feel that I was forced to have to have those children, you know? How do you answer when people come to you and quote you the scripture from Psalms? The, um, and I know you're familiar with it, Psalms 139, 13-16, that talks about that you created my inmost being and knit me together in my mother's womb and knew me before I was ever made. Uh, how do you respond to that, Mayla, as a Christian woman? Those are the tough ones, um, absolutely, and it has taken, well, it took me a very long time to exactly find my place in all of this, and I'm still learning and growing, and I, I can't say that I have all the answers, but um, as you know, and I'm not diverting the question, but I just want to get it said that as with any religion, you can quote scripture after scripture after scripture to prove the point that you want to. But you have to put, take the Bible as a whole, as all of God's word. And he also says that um, a mother and father should, you know, not forsake that child. And a lot of the women that we had is, they said, I cannot take care of this baby by myself. And I don't want to be with a man that I'm with right now because I do not think he's husband material. And I think he would make a horrible father. So... Um, those were the very difficult situations um, that it could end up being a place where they could not take care of that child. All you have to do is watch Oprah a couple of days and you see the result of children who are in abusive or not in loving homes or single family that um, they're being shipped back and forth and the dysfunction that that can bring and what is the quality of that life. I'm sure you've seen this video also, but I had four different people in the last 48 hours since I posted that I was doing this show on abortion. Four different people sent me a video of a woman who is speaking um, who survived a saline abortion attempt. And... um, her mother had tried to have a saline abortion it failed she was born and she spoke very boldly that where were the women's rights advocates when someone was trying to take her life that she wouldn't have been there it's a very very emotional video we're going to paste it on our river post it we'll paste it too post it on our rivers of faith (laughs) site but what what about those kind of issues the person whose mother tried to abort her and she is a, a a functioning intelligent Um, woman in life today well I'm sure for every person like her and I'm very happy to to hear that that's wonderful Um, I think there are probably just as many that have been raised in families where 
if asked, the, the woman would say, honestly, I wish my mother had not had me, you know? As horrible as that sounds, I think that you probably could find one for, you know, there'd be one on the other side. Sure. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just have to believe that um, women, when, and I talked with you about this earlier, Donna, the strongest feeling I have about all of this is that where you're at when you have to make this decision, and if the decision is abortion, do not ever, ever forget the circumstances that surround you at that time. Sure. Because five, ten years down the road, you may have a wonderful husband and a beautiful home, the white picket fence life, a great job, everything can be just going along perfectly, and Satan will come to you and remind you of all of you know what could have been and you can't go backwards and do that. It, it has to be where you were at. Never forget what led you to that decision. And Mayla, I appreciate you sharing so openly from your heart. We're going to take another short break. We're halfway through this show. We'll be right back on Rivers of Faith. Stay tuned. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try. Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get Wild with Wildlife, explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. Hi, this is Gina Tremarco with the Martini Meeting. Listen to the Martini Meeting with Eileen Soizan and myself every Thursday at 2.30 p.m. on Zeus Radio for hearwomentalk.com. Attention boppers, shaggers, and swingers, join us at the J.B. Floyd Community Center in North Myrtle Beach Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for the fast-paced excitement of the Swing Syndicate. Study the swing styles of Jitterbug, Double Time, Lindy, West Coast, East Coast, and Show. Sure to be a big hit on the Grand Strand. That's the Swing Syndicate Wednesdays, 7 o'clock, at the J.B. Floyd Community Center in North Myrtle Beach, 1030 Possum Trot Road, Wednesdays, 7 o'clock. Hi. This is Chris Hillenberg of Hear Women Tell on Hear Women Talk Radio. You can hear us every Wednesday between 3 and 4. Please join us where we get the story behind the story as we talk to professional storytellers. This is Dottie Laster, the host of Trafficked, an hour-long discussion about human trafficking in the United States. Join me as we meet guests from around the world and locally who are combating the fastest-growing crime in the world. Join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio and the Zeus Radio Network.
Thank you for staying with us. This is Donna Tyson, your host for Rivers of Faith on Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. Today we're talking about faith and abortion. And my guest today is a Christian woman with a pro-choice stand, Mayla Lucero, who she and her husband, Dr. Bruce Lucero, operated the New Woman Healthcare in Birmingham, Alabama from 92 to 97. And Mayla, I want to thank you so much for talking openly with with me about your strong belief in pro-choice um, and you know I know you personally and so I know your mama and your daddy <laughs> mm-hmm. and the church that you attend and I know that that must be a controversy within your family um, that there would be that pro-choice stand how do you handle that when family members strongly believe in another way <laughs> I can definitely tell you when I first told my parents who I was dating, it was like, Mom, Dad, guess who's coming to dinner? Um, it, it was it was a tough pill for them to swallow. However, um, we we worked it through and we talked a lot about it and we talked a lot about our feelings. And the bottom line is that my parents will love me through all of my decisions. So, therefore, they... Um, we agreed to disagree, and we still do, and yet uh, we're still able to talk about it freely. Um, uh, I do not want to take away their right to believe, as I wouldn't want them to take away mine. And I just think um, we have to be sure where we're at and um, be able to be comfortable with where that is, but not to do it just because somebody thinks we should do it. And that's my whole reason for doing this topic on this show is that I want I want to hear. I want to hear straight from people who believe both sides of it what you base that decision on. You know, they say you never really know what you believe until it becomes a matter of life and death as to whether you apply that in your life. And it's easy to say I believe one way or another until you're actually put into that situation. And um and, and so I, that's why I so appreciate your willingness to talk to me openly about how you came up with this belief. I'm shocked, to be honest, that we're not getting more phone calls. We have a, a healthy chat line going, um, but I'm shocked that we're not getting phone calls. And we are going to remind you that those phone lines are opened at 646-652-2071. I'd love to hear your uh, thoughts about what we're talking about on this today. Mayla, I want to go back to talking about people that disagree strongly with you. Uh, It would be fair to say that you have been a greatly hated woman in your community, that um, you had to spend an exorbitant amount of money on security when you were running this abortion clinic. Talk to me about that. Yes, we, we did, and not only for our, our family, but also for our staff. Um, there was always someone there, uh, usually it was an off-duty police officer. Um, a lot of bulletproof glass, uh, the electronic doors, things of that sort. Um, but in my own home, we had a, a security guard that lived with us 24-7 and always drove my uh, ex-husband to, to work. and. He was always wore a bulletproof vest, always. Um, when we had court cases that we were involved with, um, we had one with a Father Troche, we had to end up having one whole 
floor of the hotel secured because we had so many death threats. Mm -hmm. When I had one of my children, the protesters had, um, and these are the radical protesters. I, I have no problem with people who have a different opinion and want to come out and voice that opinion, but do not threaten or um, try to impede uh, a patient's ability to enter the clinic. But these were strictly the radicals that I'm speaking of, and they threatened to um, take the life of my child in lieu of all the, as, as a sacrifice for all the other babies that had been killed by, at the hands of my husband. Wow. And of course, this father, Trosh, he started this list, the Nuremberg list, and it was a sign-up of uh, people that, there was a list of doctors that were there, I guess the ones that were most hated um, and that needed to be eliminated as quickly as possible. And uh, we were on that list. And So you and your husband were on the 10 most dangerous doctors he, he, list? He was. He was, okay, the doctor, he was as the doctor. However, they believe that anyone that worked inside of the, the clinic was as guilty as the doctor because we were there to, um, it, he couldn't do what he did if it weren't for our services as well. Mayla, you said that you actually, after the bombing, went on the Geraldo show, and you and your husband were on the show, and Father Troche was on there talking about um, that he believed that anyone that took your husband's life and or your life, uh, that that was justified homicide. Correct. And this actually occurred prior to the bombing. This is several years prior. Wow. Okay. Um, but this is when, you know, there had already been three or four doctors murdered at that point. Um, so the thought of this won't happen to us was not uh, an available option. We had to strongly consider that it would. And so my ex-husband felt truly that the only way to eliminate this was to go to the source. And this rhetoric that was going on, he was inciting people to do this and enticing them and encouraging them, um, almost like someone in the middle of a crowd starting a riot. Sure. Um, right. And so um, we did go on the Geraldo show, and at one point... Geraldo came over to me and he said, now, Father Troche, surely you're talking in hyperbole here. Are you really here saying that Mela Lucero deserves to die? And he said, yes, she does. She is a murderess, and she deserves to die. And he said, well, would you kill her? He said, no, my job here is to encourage others and be there to support them. It would do no good for me to do it, but it's fine for anybody else to do it. Well, and you know that there are radicals in anything you believe in. There are radicals Absolutely. who do not represent at all the rest of the group there. Um, well, I sure. I think the truth always lies somewhere in the middle. You know, if you look in politics or anything else, you've got your people on your far right and your far left, but the, the real people live in the middle. You know, they're the ones that are... I, I just feel strongly that it's impossible to shed light into a closed mind. Well, so if you're too far one way or too far the other, you can't get any of that real-world thought. 
I'm going to come back to that thought in just a second. We have a caller, Kay, who's called in. Kay, thank you for calling. Sure. Hi, Donna. It's a great great show and a very tough topic. Um, I just wanted to share with you my experience. I believe my whole life that abortion should not be allowed for any purpose. And even if uh, someone were tested and they found they were going to have a child with, you know, a horrible disease or something, my feeling had always been that if if this child was conceived, that was God's will, and the child should be born. And then I had the experience of taking um, a college class that in which we had to write argumentative essays, and I was given the assignment to write an argumentative essay about why um, it, abortion should not be allowed. Part of the process in writing an argumentative essay is one looks at the other side's arguments. So I had to examine in this process why people said that abortion should be allowed. And the most interesting thing happened is I ended up writing an essay saying that abortion should be allowed. I ended up changing my mind after I looked at all of the arguments that were for pro-choice. I realized for myself at that point that then I believed uh, uh, it women should have the choice to, to abort because f- for numerous reasons, for all the reasons that everybody points out. So I just wanted to share that. At one point, I was very stubborn about the point until I actually took the time to examine everybody's reasons for saying that pro-choice should be allowed. I, I think that's a, a very interesting comment, and I'm so glad you gave it because almost... Well, so many times people would be in our office, and a lot of times the daughters would bring their parents, and the parents felt this need to to tell me, but you don't understand, this is my daughter. And yes, I do understand. Every woman that comes in that place is somebody's daughter. So they had to look at this from a different perspective, and they then were able to see that when it's affecting my family, I have to look at this differently. Because now it has a, a real-world reality for them. Well, Kay, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Mela, we're going to have to take another short break. Tom is okay. flying. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back talking about adoption and abortion and faith. Thank you. My name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Have you been scammed on Facebook? Do you know someone who has? Well, it's rampant. And Thursday on Vicki Child's show, P.I. Answers, Vicki, together with a computer forensics expert, exposes a band of thugs who have been masquerading as a U.S. general and scamming women around the world out of thousands of dollars. You'll hear from real victims in Asia, Europe, and the U.S., don't miss this special event when Vicki blows the whistle on the latest Internet trickery. That's Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravel Resort. The Caravel Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravel's Studio Spa. 
featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. Hi, this is Jessica Dorvage, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Welcome back. This is Donna Tyson with Rivers of Faith here on Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. I want to thank all of you for joining in on the chat line. For those of you who are calling in as we talk today about faith and abortion, today our guest is Mela Lucero, who is a pro-choice um, Christian woman. We have several calls that have come in now that we've started um, taking those calls. want to welcome Dawn. Thank you for calling this morning, Dawn. Hi. Um, well, first of all, uh, Mela, I think that you are a gift of reasoning. I just think it's wonderful that that um, there are people like yourself um, that exist um, to, to assist people who uh, need this procedure or are looking for adoption reasons or something. Um, right. Now, it does frustrate me on every level how people criticize a woman or a young gal for making a decision to have an abortion, okay? I, I do feel that abortion clinics should be legal and safe, um, and, and it should be a place that a person should be able to go to if they decide that that's the right decision for them. You know, um, however, go ahead. I was going to say, I just don't feel that it's a proper method of birth control. Okay, I do know that there are some people out there that do um, abuse this, you know, abuse it. And and, and uh, back in high school, I knew a gal who had four abortions in one single year. Yeah, what do you uh, think about that, Mela? Well, I, I can tell you, we did not see a lot of that. And I think it's easy for people just to say, oh, they're using it as a form of birth control. Um, we did not see a, a lot of repeat patients. Um, as a matter of fact, we strove to make sure they had a long-term plan of um, pregnancy or protection or whether it be birth control prescription or diaphragm or whatever their decision was on how they wanted to, to leave. We did not let them leave without some understanding of um, not ending up being a patient of ours again. It, you know, Mela, though, I think it happens a lot more than we want to know. Um, I personally know of two different women who have had two abortions each in the last 
12 to 18 months mm-hmm. um, and it was just for unsafe sex and um, and and that is so sad <laughs> it, it, it is. really is um, well, it's so easily preventable um, there are so many different products on the market now that if you have high blood pressure and you can't take birth control pills there are other items out there that can get you just as an effective form of birth control um, but education is one of the strongest things that we are not impressing upon our children anymore um, I don't know or I think maybe it's better but it still needs to be even better that way we wouldn't even be having this conversation the best prevention for an abortion is not having an unwanted pregnancy yeah well Dawn I appreciate your point thank you so much we have another caller online Lisa Thomas thank you for calling well, thank you, Donna, and it is a really good show, and I do want to thank uh, your guests for being open and honest, And um, but I have to tell you, um, you know, I'm one of those people, um, and, and uh, I had five abortions, five, and I can tell you, I don't know if your guest has ever had an abortion, I don't think so, but there is an amount of healing and there's an amount of pain that comes with every abortion, and I used it as birth control. And I was a drug addict. And I can tell you that alcoholics and drug addicts and, and, the, and the percentage of people that are involved in drugs and alcohol is growing steadily every single day. Um, if it's a choice of buying the birth control pill or spending my money on alcohol or drugs, what do you think wins out? And um, it has taken me literally years to recover from the hurt and from the pain of um, going through this this situation, and I'd also like to know if if how do you reconcile what the Bible says uh, that we shall not kill? How how do we reconcile that when you've got a living, growing baby? And you can tell me all you want, but I'm going to tell you, I have two kids now, and the procedure of an abortion was far more physically invasive and traumatic than my C-section or my, my, my other birth. And I have to say that, uh, yeah, we're all entitled to it. And, yes, I guess there's situations where it's, it's um, viable. I personally don't think so. Every seed that's planted, every person has a right to live. We don't know what that child is going to bring to a family, to a marriage, or to this world. And I think that it is, it is presumptuous for us to think that we can play God and we can make a decision about whether somebody lives or dies. And I agree that there is no room for, for the other side of this, for anyone to, to, uh, to uh, put threats against you or your family. I, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. Life is life, and we all have a right to live it, to live it fully in the way that God has intended us to live. So I, have to, I had to call and share and tell you that there is a whole other side to this, and there are a whole bunch of other options that save women a whole lot of pain, guilt, shame, and despair. So thank you, Donna. I think it's a great show, and I want to thank your guest again. Oh, thank you for calling in. Mayla, Lisa was a former uh, guest on my show who lived a life as a prostitute and and drug addict and as she said went through five abortions herself but has changed her stance from pro-choice to Mm -hmm. pro-life what do you think about that 
Well, I'm just going to say, you know, let's let's take uh, the other stance. Let's say at that time she chose to go ahead and have a full-term pregnancy, and she actually did have a child. Um, in the situation that she was in at that time, I would say her comment about the birth control pill or a bottle of alcohol, well, what about uh, uh, food for the child or her uh, fix for the day? Um, would she have chosen wisely then? I don't know. You know, again, I think she, at the time, made the best choice for what was appropriate for her in her current mental and physical situation. Yeah, she just chatted in and said that um, she was pro-choice at that time, but her life was very different and the child would be alive. Um, and that that's her regret, that there was a life that is not there because of her decision to take it. It's a hard well, topic, Mela. Right, it is. And I, I was sharing with you earlier when we discussed this about the adoption agency. Um, one of the questions that we ask in counseling was always about have you considered adoption? And we actually did a study um, for patients or our patients that were willing to actually fill out this um, a survey basically and one of the questions was you know rates between adoption having the child or an abortion you know your your feelings on that and almost it was amazing eight out of ten said that adoption was absolutely out of the question because they could not stand the thought that there would be a child of theirs out there somewhere that they did not know how they were being taken care of or whether they were all right, whether they were angry with them, or that may show up at their door one day. Um, yeah. it, it was very surprising to me. You know, and that and was I'm, their least uh, <laughs> favorable choice. You know, next week our, our guest on the show for the pro-life is going to be Bethany Christian Services. We're also going to be talking... Um, with a healing retreat center who takes women who have gone through abortion and are going through a lot of guilt and how they counsel with them as well. For me, and I told you this when we talked originally, the irony of someone saying that they couldn't live with the thought of not knowing what was going on in their child's life or if they were mad at them, the irony of that statement that you've taken that life is non-existent they can't be mad or happy with anyone ever again because mm. that life is gone mm. well i think again for anyone facing this decision they have to be absolutely sure that they are making the best informed decision that they think it all the way through and knowing right up front that these kind of feelings are going to come at them and that could derail their life shame and guilt is ugh, boy for sure. the christian it is a major major factor um well, but at the same time i also know that a lot of women agree with me that this is the greatest act of selflessness not selfishness all right well, Mayla, taking, go ahead go ahead well they're taking their feelings out of the way and putting them, you know, their feelings of shame and guilt that it might hurt me for a while, but the fact that this could long-term totally destroy another life, um, that they actually would traumatize them for the rest of their lives in knowing that it's not a good situation for them to be born in. 
Well, I appreciate so much you sharing so openly about your walk with abortion, about your clinic. Um, I think it's been very, very educational. I want to thank everybody who's chatted and called in. It is a very, very hard topic, abortion and faith. You know, Rivers of Faith is all about faith, and I love the acrostic that says, forsaking all, I trust him. And for me personally, I'm just going to envision God holding this hurting woman in his arms, offering her love, grace, and peace. I would ask you women that are going through these times that you would, um, you know, go go to your knees and talk to God about it and and. and make the decision with that conversation on what is the best thing um, I'm really looking forward to next week's show on pro-life um, again Mayla thank you so very very much for sharing your beliefs with us today may God bless you I thank all of you for listening may the rivers of faith carry you gently through life today God bless <laughs> 